Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for listening. This is Matt Mixon, director of Yesterday Was Everything. And this is Ryan Morgan, uh, one of the guys in that movie who is also in the band Misery Signals. Yeah, and uh, we really just wanted to uh, make s- sort of a, a companion piece for anybody who's interested in hearing more about the doc uh, and, and I guess more about the, the circumstances surrounding the filming of the doc and, and just kind of everything everything about the, the movie and the Misery Signals camp that uh, just kind of some extra stuff. I mean, personally, I listen to movie podcasts all the time, and uh, there's nothing I like better than after I see a movie, good or bad, listening to two or three podcasts of people discussing it. Um, I think the discussion is is sometimes uh, more enjoyable than the actual uh, consumption of the art. Um, so who knows? Might only be two or three of you guys listening to this, but um, hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it. So... Um, I didn't prepare anything, right? Uh, I just want to talk. <laughs> That's good. That's perfect. That's the way to do it, man. Okay, cool. So, uh, I mean, it's crazy. We got, we're three days away from the movie actually being out. Um, yeah. How, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I feel really good, man. I mean, I've been anticipating it for a long time, so it's going to feel good to actually have it out there where people can see it. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like we've talked about it for so long or, and even projects before that, didn't come to fruition it's like we've wanted to put out this kind of content um for a long time and we've kind of head faked on it a couple times so um feels good to finally actually deliver something good yo i'm gonna grab a young notepad here just so i can take notes real quick um because you just reminded me of something that i want to talk about which is um fuck it well why don't we just jump right into it uh yeah I'll, i'll answer my version of that question in a minute but like I think this is something that perplexes a lot of fans is that you, 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 Misery Signals had uh, a documentary, a documentarian following you around for years and years. Uh, he went so far yeah. as to release a trailer for a film called, was it There and Back Again? Uh, pff, that might have been one of the working titles, yeah. Uh, and, and that was, I mean, we're talking, uh, this is years and years and years ago. I think a lot of people thought when we announced this doc, way too early by the way um that this, this was an <laughs> extension of that and it was a totally separate project um right why don't you just take me through the whole uh marcus documentary man okay well i mean we always wanted to um in some way tell the origin story of the band and um this guy approached us sort of out of the blue um we didn't know him at all um he he hit us up we we're going to be through where he lives on tour and he just wanted to have lunch with us and sit down And he ended up having like a really, um, pretty cool resume, you know, like, uh, he, he worked for HBO and, um, did a lot of writing for them. And he also has completed a few like full length feature films. So we were pretty, pretty amped on the idea of him like being interested in us and saying, Hey, would it be cool if I filmed you guys for a while, maybe turn it into something We're like, yeah, great. Um, And he ended up following us for like years, like going all sorts of places, like kind of on his dime, kind of on this like loose agreement that he was going to just make something about misery signals because he really liked it. Um, And uh, yeah, that's where that that trailer came from that got leaked. He never even released it on purpose or so he says. But um, the dude ended up being, uh, I don't know how... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> diplomatic I, mean, I want to be, be in my description you, you can be diplomatic if you want i'm gonna straight flame this motherfucker when i get a chance. <laughs> yeah he, he ended up being being crazy and not being able to complete anything ever and it took 
forever and he would just appear out of nowhere and the project would be dead and then he would disappear forever and be impossible to get a hold of. So uh, it was really discouraging. The project like died in our lap and um, it sucked because even that, that trailer was like exciting for a lot of people and we, we never intended for anyone to see it. But it started that runaway train of people's expectations way too early. So, okay, uh, when did that, when did the trailer drop and, and how long would you say Marcus filmed with you guys? Man, I would say he filmed with us for uh, over oh, like three years, probably. Wow. Maybe maybe more, if, if you like, not cumulatively straight through, but on and off, you know? Right. Um, and the trailer would have dropped, two th- I mean, a lot of the content from the trailer was 2009, so probably 2010 or 2011. God, so we're looking at, we're looking at, well... Six seven years ago, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real I mean, crazy. I can remember you guys watching the trailer at FC because we all lived together back then. Um, yep. So yeah, that was that was forever ago. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Crazy. Um. So so, y- you've probably been facing kind of fan expectations. Well, you, you kind of just said that started the 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 ball of expectations rolling. But um. Yeah. So yeah. So I know that when we when we announced this documentary. Um, which was probably a little bit too early because it was uh, it it wasn't close to being finished yet. I suppose it was close to being finished, but we had uh, an additional kind of months and months of dealing with how to actually get it in your hands, the audience's hands. Yeah, one hundred percent. By the way, let me say this up front: uh, if you haven't watched the film yet and you intend to, uh, you should definitely watch it before you finish this. Uh, this is kind of meant to be listened to after the fact. Uh, not that we can spoil anything, but um, we're just kind of going into the into the nuts and bolts of the whole thing. It's not, it's not yeah, yeah. Like, you got to have that, that framework. You're not going to really know what we're talking about. I think yeah. if you haven't seen it. So. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, um, man, I don't know. I can't imagine how frustrating that must've been for you guys. I mean, I, I had a frustrating experience with Marcus as well because he personally was, uh, in possession of a bunch of footage that you shot on your yeah. camera and that right. was sort of lent to him in kind to be part of his documentary. Um, a lot of this footage took place on seven angel, seven plagues tours, um, around the time of the crash. Um, and I got some of the footage. I didn't get all of the footage. There was a piece of footage in particular that I wanted that I've, I'd seen multiple times cause you'd showed it to me years and years ago before long before this ever became anything I thought I would be doing. Uh, and I wanted a specific piece of footage and he was n- not very helpful in, uh, helping me get that. And, and honestly, I thought it would have been like, uh, something, uh, really impactful in the film. I mean, we got what we got and I'm still really happy with the product, but, um, so it was frustrating on my end to never get a hold of that. I mean, I can't imagine what it must've been like for you guys, especially with fans asking you, um, you know, when's this thing coming out? When's this thing coming out? Yeah. Huge pain, huge pain. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I remember some of that shit because I, we, we, like I said, we announced this thing way too early uh, and it's been, when's this thing coming out for like the last year or so? So yeah, I can dig it. But um, yeah, anyway, so I just want to cover that Marcus shit real quick. Um, well, what about the initial question you asked me? How are you feeling in the, the days before it drops? Um, man, I was so uh, out of it about it. Um, like when we announced like a month ago, like just sort of, uh, I don't want to say indifferent or that I didn't really care, but, um, you know, like my final push with this thing to really get it finished and like my, my energy, I feel like was my, my last bit of energy was expelled, uh, 
over a year ago. I mean, uh, I had to finish yeah. my cut of this thing that I submitted to film festivals in May of 2016. Um, and then we kind of ended up taking the summer off cause we were, we were waiting to see how festivals, uh, received it. And that was going to sort of determine how we decided to release it. Um, mm-hmm. And then we really started grinding on getting it released in the fall. And that literally took, you know, almost two thirds of a year. Uh, and the earliest date we could get was June 30th, which is a couple of days from now. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, I was just kind of spent on it from from almost a year ago. So when we announced it, I was just sort of like a lot of my friends were like, yo, how does it feel? How does it feel? And I was like, I don't know, like I. I, <laughs> right. I was hype on this shit a year ago, you know? Like, I'm, I'm excited yeah. to hear all people being really excited about it and a lot of really nice comments and stuff. And um, just from fans of, of the band and people just saying the trailer looks awesome. But uh, I wasn't really in touch with it in the same way that I was years ago. Um, yeah. And enough. then a couple of days ago, there was a screening of it in Edmonton, which was the only other live screening of it besides uh, the when it played at the Portland Film Festival last fall. Um, and I was really nervous about that just because a lot of people who are really close to the story closer than, than, than I was a lot closer than I was, um, who knew Jordan and Daniel, uh, would be seeing it for the first time. Uh, and once I, were you, were you aware of like specific people that were going to that? No, dude, if I had been, I think I would have been (laughs) freaking all last week. I wasn't sure. I I knew B best, uh, our, our buddy Brandon best. He was, uh, one of the executive producers of the film. He's also in the film as Mr. Signals merch and lights guy, longtime friend of the band. Um, he set up the screening and I knew that he had worked really hard, uh, to get the word out. So I figured everybody in the know was going to be there, but I don't know, you know, I mean, it's, it's such, uh, uh, um, a tricky situation. I I shouldn't say tricky. It's, it's touchy. And there were so many people who I wish I had had the opportunity to forge a relationship with that I'd never got an opportunity to forge a relationship with, you know, we're talking about, um, like Daniel's parents and, and, you know, a yeah. lot of people who, who knew both those guys and a lot of people who were like integral parts of the scene who I would have loved to have interviewed or even had, had spent five minutes with when we were in Edmonton, but the shit was such a whirlwind and the post-production process was so insane. And we eventually decided that the movie was only going to exist in the confines of that tour. So I never really got to reach out and branch out and, and, uh, get acquainted with those people and a lot of those people were going to be seeing this movie and I didn't know if they were right. going to be like who the fuck is this dude trying to tell my dead friend's story you know? sure like sure 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 uh, and that had me wild nervous but um yeah B-Best said the reaction was huge um he listed off a lot of names of people who I I don't know if I didn't expect them to show but I just you know, I, I hadn't invited them personally and he hadn't mentioned that they were coming. Um, I don't want to get too in particular about that, but there were a lot of people who saw it and had a really good reaction to it. And, uh, that's what's got, now I'm fucking excited again. Like, I don't know if I needed that to like, think that it was like this, this worthy thing. I mean, I, I stand behind it, but like knowing Edmonton received it well has got me so psyched for the rest of your fan base to check it out in, in just a couple of days. Right. Yeah. That's interesting that you, you think of it that way just because, um, the story of, you know, particularly those guys death and, and some of the, the circumstances surrounding that is like gotta be precious to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like that's not the only thing the movie's about, right? Like it's about the band, but I feel like, um, you're close enough to the band and have been, you know, a co-collaborator and like you've been on tours with us and like we've been in bands together before. So like you have, 
plenty of ownership of that story. You know what I mean? So For sure. being like having having to handle the other parts of it that you weren't directly involved in is yeah, it's kind of sensitive material. So um, I can understand that being a a big outside pressure. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, that's that's one of the things I was I was most worried about was the fact that you know it's 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 the story of, of compromise and of the accident and of the crash, but it's baked into this container that's full of, um, you know, some, some rough interactions and, and ugly feelings. And, uh, yeah. looking back on a time that not everybody in the film is necessarily proud of, you know? Um, and that's sort of all swirling around this, this really precious story on the inside. And I didn't know if that in itself would be offensive to people, you know? Yeah. No, man, I think you handled, handled it really, really well. Um, and everyone that crossed our paths on that tour has, seems to have a say, um, and, and get their, their story across. Um, I, I, I don't think it would have been a doable thing for you to chase down every angle of that story, uh, and every, everyone in their lives to get, get their two cents in, you know what I mean? Cause it would have just taken over the movie, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and you kept it in the container of that tour and, and just the people that we talked to and directly interacted with. And I think you, you have a complete picture of it, you know what I mean? And especially if, like you're saying, in Edmonton, where those guys have family and close friends, um, if they received it well, then, you know, I feel like you're getting a pass from them. So, or, yeah, no you know, doubt. Approval. Feels like they're blessing, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, Edmonton. Feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, but, um, yeah, so, um, shit, what else, man? What was it like for what? What do you remember about about the filming and about the film, and, and about you know kind of being under the microscope on a daily basis? We we'd done video projects together before. We did that making of, uh, mir- right. uh I'm sorry, not mirrors. Um, Absolute making Absolute of, light. yeah, yeah, which is a, yeah. a pretty fun project. Um, but I mean, this was this was a little bit more intense because there was there were things going on, uh, and it wasn't necessarily you know the the best time. And then every twenty minutes, whenever I could catch one of your ears, I'm asking you guys questions about it. And you kind of seem to have had your own sort of narrative going on in that week that wasn't necessarily fleshed out in the movie. Really? What do you mean by that? Like just at home, like dealing with drama or what? Yeah, I think you were stressing about home a lot. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I can't actually bring that to mind right now, but I stress about home when I go on tour. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just the normal being away from the 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 uh, kids and the fam. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting because I I honestly feel like being able to slow it down with the camera, like sit down and take those those moments that we took to interview. Like it wasn't annoying at all or intrusive. It was like kind of helpful in a way for me to start to like unpack things and like figure out why things felt the way they felt and where I was at. And I think it helped me slow down a bit and not just, um, I don't know, it, it forced me to analyze in a way. And like, I think that added to the, the really beneficial, like therapeutic element that was alive and well on that whole tour. There was like this kind of therapeutic vibe. And I don't know, like weirdly enough, if we would have gotten, as much out of the the reunion um if we hadn't been taking those times to like slow down and chat with you and and like try and put it out on camera to like no one in particular like what what we were going through at those moments so um i know um it was difficult for you to not like i guess like stir the pot when it was tense type feelings in the air but like i think just bringing those things into focus the way that we did um really helped us analyze them and, and 
you know, put them put them in front of us like in a real way where we had to deal with them. You know, like I'm I'm the king of like not dealing with things if I have any out. You know, so it's like I think it was really helpful to be doing interviews and and having discussions with each other and kind of like thinking about it as a narrative, as a story, thinking about it as the 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 whole ten years since we had a, a rift appear in the band. You know, like um, it was yeah, it was it was really really good for us. Yeah, um, I can remember, uh, I think this part made the film, but it's a really beautiful moment when you're talking about New York and how they had to have the lights on in the venue. And, um, okay, well, okay, this this quote made the film, but I don't think the backstory made the film because I had to unfortunately cut out Jeff. But uh, we're in New York City. And, oh, uh, poor Jeff, man. Yeah, well, Jeff Ost, uh, who, who went on to be in With Honor and a bunch of other really great bands uh, from K- Connecticut, New York area, um, he was the first guitar player in Misery Signals. And then Greg Thomas, who also lives in Connecticut, is at the time of filming the current guitar player in Misery Signals, who is who is sort of watching his band play without him, with their old guitar player, to a you know insane sold-out crowd that knew fucking right. every word to this record. Uh, and then you have Jeff, who wasn't on this record but wrote some of the songs that some of the early misery signal songs and you you, in in the film you talk about sort of looking over stage right where greg usually stands and he's just standing there with his with his girlfriend watching while Stu is playing (laughs) guitar and yeah like four feet four feet away from him yeah right where he would usually be and then you got Jeff, jeff uh standing behind you and then you know there were just a bunch of other old friends too there was some with honor guys there there were some undying guys there um oh man that night was such an amalgamation of like so many people that we toured with and just like so many friends like record label and management people that we had worked with like it was it was insane the the green room hang in, in new york was like un- unbelievable sure oh yeah i guess maori your, your manager was there and and um yeah and you were just talking about sort of like that that being this weird moment of like feeling the totality of the band all at once and i'm sure like a lot oh of yeah yeah i remember that from the tour were sort of stirred up there too but just being on stage and and sharing it with those dudes yeah what a night man it was it was crazy and and I'm I'm glad you you captured that night for us to kind of like remember it too you know like, um, but yeah definitely like an interesting group of like time stretching you know what I mean like different different uh, eras of the band like overlapping all in the same room and the same show yeah totally and I feel bad um, you know Jeff didn't get included in the film I mean you can see him he's actually the first person who speaks in the film because he's on the archival video that that kicks the movie off and any oh yeah, playing yeah. With the camera so I got to yeah I you made the cut in there and you see Greg, yeah. Greg's picture later on um, but speaking of some people who didn't make it into the film um, Carl your your singer at the time of the recording of this film, uh, right? He besides his photo and his name being mentioned a couple times, um, he's not in there. And well, you, there is archival footage. Yeah, there's a, a, a couple minutes. Remember where it talks about uh, after Jesse has left the band, us trying to like, oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to trying to bounce back. Like you show some like some good show footage of like Carl rocking and yeah. being young and that's right, oh. young and thin and energetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my damn, dude! You're throwing shots. Uh, uh, hey, shots no, fired. We were all younger and energetic in that fit. I, yeah, I'm not true, singling true, true. him out. You know what I mean? Like, I wish I rocked that hard still. No, no doubt. Uh, I love that sequence too. I loved that era of the band uh, a lot, and I loved the. I had a hard time choosing 
what footage to use of that era because you guys were fucking slamming. Like I know, like <laughs> Mirrors was kind of a come down uh, as far as yeah. like. Um, you know, album sale or whatever, but like your live show was off the hook at the time. You, you just had that, oh, thanks, you just man. like kicked off the, the fucking show with a mosh part, which is sick. Just like a bonus oh, yeah, mosh part. Yeah. And Carl yeah, just, just like doing pit calls off the bat. I love that section. <laughs> oh, thanks man. Yeah. I think, I think you, you nailed it though. Like, uh, Jesse was sort of talking about in the interviews that we had something to prove after like taking the hit of losing a singer, you know what I mean? And like looking back, it definitely seems that way. We're like, we're trying to compensate and just like have, I mean, you're always trying to have it as kick-ass sh- a show as you can, but it's like we couldn't afford to miss a step, you know, at that at that particular time in the band. Yeah, there's another piece uh, that didn't make the film where you're talking about sort of doing that your entire career, where it was like you um, you you play with these great musicians in Seven Angels and they quit, and you're like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna do my own band with my brother, and then um, yeah. Jesse leaves that band, and you're like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna make a better record without this dude that everybody loves. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Stu leaves and you're like, well, fuck it. I got this. We're going to, we're going to make a record with Greg and it's going to be the shit, you know, like having that kind of yeah. the, that, yeah. that theme following you. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like talking about Carl? I, I don't really have anything insightful to ask about him and I'm happy to cut this part out if you don't. Uh, I, I mean, there's not much, that much to get into. I mean, it's, it's pretty well covered in the film. Um, I, I will say, I guess the only thing that's, um, that I've said because I've I've done a few like uh, interviews regarding the the movie and stuff and talked to a little bit of press recently, um, and the only thing I've really said to them is kind of like it's not super useful to to focus on like what the current lineup of a band is these days or like whether a band's broken up or not. You know what I mean? Because we are kind of floating in space a little bit as far as like what's next for the band, um, as much as we're trying to keep it together. But um, I guess. You know, people get really caught up in like oh, this dude left the band or this dude came back or and it's it, it all ends up being kind of like newsfeed fodder. You know what I mean? Because a few months later, you kind of forget you even read it, and then you're like, oh, this dude's back or that band's doing a reunion. You know, they're back together. So I don't know. Uh, I, I hesitate to make any announcements about any of that stuff ever, just because it kind of doesn't matter. We're gonna be a band still. We're gonna put out music still. Um, we'll have some dudes in it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty vague, I guess. But. No, hey, you know, I, I love that. I think that's a really great point. And, and I think about this often. I mean, this is like, this didn't happen in, in our era growing up. Maybe it's because the news cycle was different with the internet. But like, sure. um, man, no band stays broken up anymore. They're going to pop. I don't right. care who it is. They're, even if there's bad blood and drama, they're going to pop up at, and it doesn't matter what level they're at either. It, it could be anyone from fucking chain of strength to, um, I don't know, fucking like, Rage Against the Machine, you know, like the the highest yeah. levels. Like, think about bands yeah. like Nine Inch Nails. They always have revolving members, and um, right. it just seems like no matter who you are, you're gonna if you break up, you're just gonna pop up on a fest at some point in the next five years, and it's gonna be a gigantic deal, you know? Oh yeah, totally, totally. And like this guy will be back, and like Nine Inch Nails is a great example. They're like, oh, this is the last tour and the last record, and it's just not ever. No, <laughs> you know? no, totally. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, like fucking lcd sound system they they had like a whole movie about breaking up in their last show and like they're just a band again that was like four years ago like weird so weird because isn't that just like one dude anyways basically yeah i think so yeah yeah it's just like his project so it's like i I don't know that's what exactly what i'm saying it's all it's all so much dust it doesn't matter yeah no totally and it's funny too because as a as a person with the inside scoop i can say that um i have heard about 
a hundred different lineup versions of misery signals that were discussed and like possibly happened you know including all kinds of funny funny shakeups over the last couple of years so oh yeah yeah keep them, let's keep them coming let's keep them coming <laughs> yeah totally uh okay so uh moving on um fuck what else so well here's since we're talking about like um chatting with press and interviews um something people um were asking me, reminded me that I want to talk with you about this. Um, and they were like, uh, since you and I, you know, have such deep history, like we have been best friends since the beginning of high school and have been in bands together and have toured together and all that stuff. Like everyone's asking, you know, how that helped shape the film, just having that comfort level with, um, with a, a dude that's filming, you know what I mean? Cause I think you, you did an, an awesome job, um, getting us to kind of like open up about things and, and be comfortable, you know what I mean? Um, and that's really kind of what delivers the goods of the film emotionally is like us not having our guard up at any point. And even getting into like the back end of the movie, like editing the movie and doing stuff, it's like there was a lot of questionable stuff where we were like, oh, we should, uh, you know, maybe consider cutting this out because it's like pretty ugly or like pretty sensitive, you know what I mean? Um but at some point we had the attitude of just like, we have to tell the whole thing and, you know, we have to not censor it and it has to have its warts and everything. But, um, having you be the, the interviewer, like you were also the subject of some of the story. So it kind of caused confusion for you in a, in a way, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. I had to start telling people to say Matt Mixon because they were saying you. And I was like, that's not going to make any fucking sense when I'm editing this. <laughs> right. Totally. Totally. I feel like you should have like, I don't know, it would have been been easier if like there was a guy holding the camera and you were like holding a, like an MTV microphone, sure, you know, standing next to us. So like it's like Michael Moore style where he's sort of like the, the tour. He's the he's the director, but he's also like the um, the tour guy. Yeah, He's your host. He's, yeah. your host. Yeah. he's your host. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, but that being said, like, uh, I mean, I don't want to turn this, like there's danger that of me turning this into a praise fest for you, but like, uh, you did an awesome job, like walking that line and like, um, getting us to talk about what needed to be talked, talked about, you know? Um, and just, yeah, thanks for doing all the work that you did on it. Well, dude, I can, <laughs> cause I can, you put a crazy amount of shit into it. I can deflect that praise right back onto you, you all. Um, because, and you just said it yourself and, and I don't think I really necessarily understood this until, uh, embarking on this process. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, I'm, I'm no fucking veteran documentary film director. This is my first production. I've, I've worked in and around it, um, with some other, uh, directors and other productions and I've made a lot of shorts, but, uh, I can, mm -hmm. I can say, and I stand behind this, that documentary is as good as the access that you're given uh, to whatever subject it is you're reporting on. Yeah. So if you pop on a documentary on Netflix and um, it's about such and such a person and they're only interviewing, you know, journalists who met that person or whatever, um, and you never see the person, you never see the person's family and their friends and yeah. people with the inside yeah. scoop. I mean, you can just judge it on the face of it and just be like, this is just kind of like an unauthorized biography or whatever. But I mean, when you get the fucking goods, man, it's not hard to, to do a good job. And, um, <clears throat> I've said this in the press in a couple different interviews. You guys gave me everything from the jump, like, and, yeah. and, and, and not only that, but it was, it was amazing that everybody had something to contribute, uh, which I was talking yeah. about this with Bebest the other day. Like, um, 
I don't even know what kind of film this. Like, let's let's just say Kyle had nothing to give. Let's just say he was like, you know, <laughs> like he, he he wasn't feeling very insightful the few times mm-hmm. that I turned the camera in his face, or Brandon didn't have anything to give. All of a sudden, this would just feel really lopsided, and and it wasn't. It was fucking balanced. It was so balanced. You have like you and Jesse as sort of like the main two dudes, but then like everybody has their moment, including Brandon Best, who's not fucking even in the right. band, you know, and who like spent years and years not around you guys, but just happened to be there for some crucial moments and happened to have some crucial relationships uh, with people who, who weren't able to speak for themselves in the film. Everybody sort of has their section in the movie and it, um, dude, it's just lucky. It's not like I shot a hundred interviews with each of you and I got to pick from the goods. This thing was like, I don't know if people understand how documentaries are done normally. It's like, hours and hours and hours and interview after interview after interview with people um or you're doing one interview with somebody and you have to have your fucking shit together because this is a really important person and you're probably sitting with them forever with like a gang of notes and production assistants and just nailing it like Mm -hmm. i pulled you guys aside when you had a hot minute to spare and that was it and it started in vancouver and it ended in toronto and fuck i only interviewed jesse twice i think um, yeah, I don't know if I interviewed you more than twice. I only interviewed Brandon once. I think I only interviewed Kyle once. Um, and it, it, everybody caught their moment in those, in those times. We just lucked out and we happened to like hit the right subjects at the right times. And it was just, it was perfect. I mean, I'm not saying there's things that, that I wish I hadn't gotten, but, um, but I feel real fortunate to have gotten what I did because all bases were covered by everybody really. Um, Yeah. Do you remember, was there ever a conversation? So, so you in particular, you really led, led by example. And I think you're, 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 you're kind of the leader of the band anyway. Um, and just like a a leader in our friend group in general, I think a lot of people look up to you for different reasons, but, um, you, you didn't give a fuck. You were down to talk about everything and you were down to talk about gnarly shit from the jump. And you were very encouraging when I was saying like, yo, I might dig a little bit deeper, you know, because this thing, I've said it before, but this was supposed to be kind of just a concert DVD, like um, film a couple yeah. of skits backstage, film a little bit of footage in the van, fucking around, yeah. uh, film a song at each tour stop, and bam, like fucking edit it up and ship it out like by Christmas, you know? Um, and then we get to Vancouver and, you know, I'm hearing stories and things are a little bit weird and uh, I, I kind of leave the camera running for a little bit longer each time and then I'm starting to ask you guys questions and I'm starting to eavesdrop and then I'm saying wait what and uh you you from the jump you were down you were down to give me everything you didn't give a shit um and you didn't (laughs) care how you came off and you were flaming and you're flaming motherfuckers and like saying exactly what you felt you weren't worried about being diplomatic you weren't worried about who would see what um I think a couple other people were a little bit more like yo are you gonna use this but um by the end of it (laughs) everybody was giving me that including jesse who was probably the most apprehensive in the beginning it was like pulling teeth to get him alone um was there ever discussion between you guys about like yo what are we gonna what are we gonna have from what are we gonna give mix in or like what are we gonna allow him to do or or did it just kind of happen naturally yeah man i I think it i i don't remember ever like having to pep talk anyone or like make that decision consciously you know what I mean like I just knew you were doing your thing um and you know I trust you implicitly so um I'm not wasn't afraid to to say whatever was happening in in front of you um but I think that's that's a really interesting transition that happened you know because like I wonder when do you do you know exactly when you were like 
realizing this was something more than a concert DVD? Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt that way right up top, but there was still the issue of like, I don't, I'm not going to have time to do this justice, you know? We don't have budget or time or or anything set aside. No budget. You guys paid for me to get out there and you threw me a couple of bucks to, to shoot it and edit it, you know? And it was like not much money. And, uh, and it's funny because before we left, we were talking about what this would be. And Jesse actually was the one who said like, Hey, I've always wanted to have a documentary about the accident and my friends and compromise and tell the whole story. And I wrote him back right away and just said, that is not possible, my man. Like we (laughs) we don't have the resources. I'm not planning on being on editing this thing for six months straight. I'm not a good enough editor. Um, We're not going to have enough money uh, unless we crowdsource, which is something we all decided against right off the bat. Um, and it was basically just like, no, we can't do it. And he was like, okay, that's fine. We'll just do a concert DVD. Um, but then, you know, then I get to Vancouver and, you know, shit was weird in the car ride probably from the airport. I think I heard some, some people talking a little bit of shit or, or like yep, this is happening yep. or whatever's happening. And, um, you know, so I filmed it, but I don't think I knew that it was going to be what it became until Edmonton, which again, dude, talk about like fortuitous. Okay. So like we're, it's a day off. We're it's a drive day. No, hold on. Yes, this was the day after the Hall show in Edmonton, I believe. And mm-hmm. we 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 had breakfast at Carol Jones's house, Jesse's mom, and I didn't even bring my camera. I literally didn't even bring my camera inside to film. And that's like the guts of the movie happen in that that couple of hours that we spent at her house because people started kind of reminiscing and she pulled out some photo books and there were some really great photos and I was thinking like, Oh, I'll just get her to scan them. She's like, yeah, like, um, her, her boyfriend Marvin can scan all the, or is that her husband? I'm, I forget. Uh, boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, Marvin, Marvin's got a scanner at his work. He can scan you these pictures. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not even going to get my camera out. But then like everybody's kind of sharing memories and shit. And I was like, fine, fuck it. Like I want, I kind of just wanted a day off. And then I go and I get my, I got my shitty B camera and I started filming and then it just got like, shit got good. And everyone was talking about all these memories and stuff and talking about the crash and talking about, you know, back in the day and, and Carol's there. And I'm just thinking, fuck, like I got Jesse's mom here. Like, I can get her to tell the story firsthand. And she did, you know? And then, then I get junior talking about it and then I get Braden and like, this is not something that was even planned. And without that day, we wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have been able to make the film. I don't think, but like that was the day just sitting in there looking at the, the pictures that I'd never seen before of the crash and just being like, holy fucking shit. And just looking at Stu and Jesse looking at those pictures, you know, and, um, it all happened. That, that was the day it all happened there. Yeah, that's just such good stuff in in that part of the movie too. It's like great, great material. It's a great transition in, into into diving back too, because we're we're at the place. You know, it kind of worked out editorially. Like we had something to talk about in almost every city that we visited. Um, talk about yeah. luck too. The fucking play in the venue, the last venue that you played with Jesse in Dallas. Like nobody even knew that we got there. No, nope. and yeah. figured it out in the moment. And like, how fucking perfect does that feel in the movie? Like. It's almost like yeah. we planned it. We did not plan it, dude. Like that why shit's wild, dude. Yeah. We we got <laughs> we, we got we got so many breaks with this thing to make it what it is. It's it's unreal when I think back to it. Yeah, but still props to you for being ready for it, you know, and, and catching that ball, like despite knowing that you weren't gonna be able to necessarily edit it, like but I mean you were wrong about that, fortunately, because you edited an awesome movie. Um 
But, you know, props to you for, for being willing to chase it down when it seemed unattainable anyways, you know? Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I think my, my if I had to, I think my one big regret is that um, another night that I didn't take the camera out because I was fucking tired because I was on tour too you know like I'm filming a tour but yeah. I'm fucking on tour so it's not like I like I got a production assistant and coffee every day and like a good night's sleep like I'm fucking like <laughs> I remember like doing media management which is like this huge deal now like if I do it for like a, a like a, a client shoot where like I shoot something important like I have to like I like place my cards out and I am like looking to make sure that I backed everything up and then I have to back it up to a to another backup drive before I erase the card sometimes I won't erase the card until I've finished the first edit because I just get like paranoid even though that's insane like I had to fucking clear cards every single night I had to like back a card up to a hard drive in the front seat of this fucking van with the stupid uh like the the rear view mirror light thing on and then <laughs> then back it up to another hard drive with my MacBook sitting on my lap and then clear the card because I had to shoot, you know, probably first thing the next morning or whatever. Um, yeah, but, meanwhile, you're supposed to be filming ex- what was going on during that, right? Because yeah. no one else is doing that for you. Or fucking sleeping or one of those other, like, you know, hierarchy of <laughs> needs that I had going on. Yeah, so yep. it was it was tough. But, I mean, you know, that, that, was, that was fun. That was part of the fun of it, too. It's actually, I was just going to say, I think my biggest regret was not filming with Carl. Um, which which was Carl was a night we saw him we stayed at Shanks's house in Regina and he was there and he was hanging out for a couple hours and it was just one of those nights where I just didn't I didn't have it in me to film and I, nothing was really going on anyway we just all kind of walked into Shanks's house like zombies ate pizza for five seconds and went to bed but I really wish yep. I had I had had a chance to to just pull him aside for 15 minutes and talk about some shit because I definitely would have used it for sure I feel bad that he doesn't get to defend himself in the film because um, he gets right. a little shade thrown his way and um but hey, you know, if Carl, if you're listening to this, a lot of people really stuck up for you. It's like one of the number one things I hear in the comments and it's something I get asked in a lot of the podcasts and the press that I've done. Like people are just sort of wondering um, why we handled it that way and sort of what the deal is. So, um, but what I was going to say was uh, there's no like van shenanigans. Like I barely like you spend like most of the tour in the van Maybe that's why. Maybe I was too busy dealing with my media management and I never had a chance to film in the van. There's like three scenes that happen in the van, you know? And like there's never any like cool conversations or anything like that. Like you'd think there'd yeah, be like a yeah, lot of material weird. come out of the van. But that's kind of the, the as, definitely as time has gone on too after you've toured with, with people for a long time, like the the van time like becomes your, your moment of like recouping too. You know, you just put the headphones on and like watch a movie or like try and catch some extra sleep that you didn't get before. You yeah. Know? Um and it's just like I don't know, it becomes a ritual in a way to like have, have be like, I'm gonna listen to this podcast, I'm listening to this record, you know what That's I mean? You look forward to that like kind of like moment of just like being in your own little bubble, you know, yeah. and like eating eating pretzel fish or something, you know, like And chilling. I can remember like purposefully turning the camera off in the van a lot just because like I wasn't hanging out with my friends when I was behind the camera. I was doing a job and I was, you know, sort of invading your space in a way. And I it wasn't like the normal like we couldn't just kick it, you know. Sometimes I wanted to fucking hang out too, you know? And like a lot of those happened in the van. Um, yeah. But I remember this, this reminds me of something else, just something that like sort of didn't get explored in the movie. Um, you know, Stu quit the band too. Sorry, uh, you cut, you cut out for a second there. Could you back up a, a step? Yeah, sure. Um, you got me? Yeah, I got you now. I was going to say, I remember something else that, that, that kind of took place on the tour that we didn't really get a chance to address in the film is that Stu also quit the band. Um, 
And so did Kyle. Yeah. Kyle quit the band too, you know? True that. And True we don't that. we don't even mention that in the film because it just really didn't make sense to have those things also kind of compete for the rift between the rest of the band and Jesse because sure. it, it, it was just, you know, things were cool enough where it didn't, I don't know. There, there was some good stuff that I asked those dudes about it and I just, I, it was one of the things that I decided to cut early. But um, <clears throat> I think one of the other big things that was impossible to capture on camera was sort of like a bit of animosity between Stu and the rest of the guys. Uh, I don't know about with you, um, but definitely with me personally and I think with Kyle too and probably with Brandon as well. Um, Stu lived with us and when he quit Misery Signals, he moved away and uh, we kind of didn't talk for years and years. Like he's a dude that, used to live like 10 feet away from me for you know for yeah. some of the best times in my life uh he's one of my best friends and uh and he moved away and we just kind of never talked and um i think it was kind of brought on by some of the the interview stuff and um just sort of like reflecting like you said but uh this also took place driving away from edmonton we were driving from edmonton to regina and it was a it was a day that i didn't shoot because it was it was a thing that I kind of wish I had had on camera because it was a very cathartic conversation that we all had. Poor Brandon was driving. He didn't get to participate, but it was the rest of us, and we all just sort of talked. And Br- Brandon Best or Brandon Morgan was driving? I think Brandon Best was driving. Yeah. And Brandon Morgan was in on the conversation. I remember that day. I remember that day. And, of course, Jesse wasn't there because he drove separate, but it was it was Misery Signals minus Jesse plus me, and we all just fucking reconnected in, a, in an awesome way. And uh, it was one of yeah. those, like those those awesome things that sort of has to happen off camera for the on camera stuff to continue in harmony and as well as it as it did yeah yeah man that was a that was a heavy moment i know brandon my brother not brandon best particularly like um was pretty hurt by Stu when he kind of when he bounced out because he took um like a project that they were doing together with him you know they had a band that they were doing outside of misery signals and he sort of just like didn't really he didn't really close that chapter either with brandon you know and he he just kind of kept doing the band and i know they had like that was the first time i think in the van that day driving out of edmonton was the first time they had had, like talked about that face to face and like kind of figured out that like whoa that did like hurt people's feelings or you know um but man, it's, it's, it's weird though, because there's like such little, I think you might've even been able to film that, you know what I mean? I'm still like thinking back to the movie, you know, like you captured so many, so many discussions and like interviews that like seem that intimate, um, that, you know, they're, they're still in there and they're still, you know, there's still real things that we're reconciling with and dealing with, um, even though the camera's on and like, it's like, I don't even know if that's past that threshold. Cause that threshold got pushed back, pushed so high in this movie, you know, like that could have been filmed and it could have been, could have been in there. Maybe. I just don't know if the combo happens the same way if, if the camera's out, you know? And yeah. I know that that was like an important conversation for me. I mean, it wasn't just Stu. It was like, I, I felt like I was connecting with Kyle and Brandon who were like my roommates at the time and still in a way that I hadn't in a long time, you know? Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, man. man it was, it's a special time, man. I'm glad we, we filmed it. I'm glad the story's out there because it's just like, I don't know if it was just like a spot that we're all at in our adult lives um, overlapping with the spot that, you know, the band is at in its professional life. And um, I don't know, we're just 
different people in a way or more mature people in a way. And it's like, we can deal with things in a more open way with each other now. And it's just like, you were there for us being on the cusp of figuring that out. And like, I don't know, just like you said, like really string of fortunate events. But I think the, the mind state that we were all in at that time is like, um, the, the thing that is important about the movie, you know, like, and that's what you're watching, you know, us like figuring out how to do that type of thing, you know, and like, you're like watching a change in our lives almost. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because Jesse, Jesse kind of says the, the, the big takeaway of the movie very early in the movie at a point when I don't think he believed what he was even saying, but he was right because it ended up becoming true where he was just saying you know this is in Vancouver when he's on day three of of rehearsal and you guys still really aren't like reconciled yet and he's like yeah you know I think um things are just a lot easier now we're we're all communicating better now we're you know things that would have been big issues in the past are just you know water under the bridge that kind of thing and um, yeah that's kind of one of the that's that's kind of the takeaway it's one of the big thematic takeaways I think of the film is just, um, uh, I don't want to say brotherhood, but just family and, and love and, and communication and just sort of like how things change between, um, I don't want to say young men, it's all men in this band obviously, but just like how we communicate with one another at that crazy age when we're off on this adventure, you know, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22, and uh, what it looks like now when we're all fucking, uh, coming around the corner to 40 and there's kids and wives and uh how how much how different life is you know yeah totally well and and i think it's okay to 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 specify too because it's it's um not only is it just male people but it's like a specific type of like someone that's drawn to being musical and like someone that's drawn to doing something artistic in nature and someone that's willing to um chase that adventure you know like we're like a specific type of person you know and i think another takeaway from the movie that i'm hoping people get in a way um is that sort of spirit of adventure of like jumping into something with both feet and i I touch on it i know in some of the interviews that i did with you but like the fact that we were willing to like jump into that van and not really know where it was taking us and you know go on tour as a young band with with no promise of any you know money or respect or you know uh even you know surviving it you know is like uh it's the spirit is a little crazy but that's kind of what was required to get any get everything out of this band that we got out of it you know like all the the, all the stories all the good times like everything that you know is a, a positive thing in my life you know the experiences that i've had are because of that spirit of like just jumping in going all the way for it and you know um, discovering the ways that it will reward you if you do that full fledged. Um, and yeah, that's, and I mean, yo, that, that's, was going that spirit, pers- <laughs> <laughs> that spirit persists, man. Because I mean, fuck, think about it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how hard this lands in the film. Cause I haven't watched it all the way through in a minute, but I mean, like we're that day that I was confronting the crash uh, most intimately in Edmonton with Jesse and, and with his mom and with these photos and with all these people who were there. Uh, 20 minutes later, we hop in a fucking van like and drive away for 12 hours. We drove to Regina. Yeah. It was like 
okay, so nothing's changed, you know? Like, we're still out here doing this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's not like we're crazy. It's like, no, this is this is worth it. It was worth it then, and it's worth it now. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say it, it was worth dying for, but... <clears throat> fuck i mean clearly you guys knew the risks and the the risks were doubled down on after that incident in your lives and yeah. you've been on tour since that happened you know dude yeah Stu has, Stu has a really good moment in his interviews i know talking about that like um talking about that difficult balance of him like being like i know that i miss my friends and it hurts that they're gone but i he says something along the lines of also knowing that like set this in motion you know and put him where he's at right yeah his his uh you know and and Stu's in Stu's in fucking Norway right now I just saw him on Instagram you know like Stu's playing gross rock or whatever in Germany in front of yeah. like fucking 100,000 people with comeback kids those like, those festivals all look so huge dude it's uh, unreal on, in their pictures it's those European festivals look insane crazy uh, yeah shit's shit's wild yeah like they play with Aerosmith what the fuck <laughs> rat <laughs> oh it's crazy but i uh, but yeah man i mean i think that's a good place to end it um because that's just you know that, those are the those are the themes i hope people walk away with and um and uh yeah agreed man you got anything else agreed. you want to talk about uh, i was trying to think it's it's like hard to have a behind the scenes thing when it's like the movie is just behind the scenes already you know what i yeah, mean yeah yeah uh, yeah <laughs> um but yeah, man, I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about um, as far as like your experience with um, like editing it and, and doing the, the post-production thing and like shuffling between like trying to have someone else be the editor or, you know, like um, any of that kind of stuff. Like, cause that, that's like a part of the adventure that like even I'm not privy to everything that was going down, you know, like I've, I was, I probably talked to you, um, pretty regularly during those times um checking in on on what the plan was and us trying to figure out what the plan was and what we were going to do with it you know what i mean um but i there's probably a lot of like hidden hidden stuff going on for you during that time yeah sure i mean i'm happy to address it only only as a just really honestly um an apology to the fans um I'm not going to apologize for how long it took but i i i'm 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 sorry that we announced it so early and then sort of like you know, faked them out because uh, we announced it. I think over a year ago at this point. Yo, editing is a motherfucker. It takes fucking forever. Like, if you shot, like I shot some. I had a shoot this morning. Okay, I shot, let's say, like an hour of footage. It's gonna take me at least two hours to get through it once. You know, do the math. Like, we, I, I basically rolled that entire tour, and we had all this archival footage and all that stuff. And um, yeah, like even when we got done with the tour, I was like, yo, there's some strong stuff here. Let's see if we can find some funding. I should be able to find somebody who can edit this for like, I don't know, like eight to $10,000 or something like that. Um, and that was one of the early delays. It was like, yeah, we got to find an editor. We got to raise some funds. We got to mm -hmm. uh, apply for some grants. Um, none of these things came through. Um, crowdfunding wasn't going to be something that happened because you guys had just done that with your previous record and uh, you didn't want to go to that well again, which I totally understood. Um, and then it got to the point where it was just like, well, the, well, okay, then I moved. That, that like, 
threw me off. Then I was pursuing this other project where it was going to be like a, a web series that might actually still happen. So I won't give too much away about it, but, uh, that took a couple of months. Um, then I moved and, uh, then there was probably just a couple months in there where I was just in denial. Like, no, I'm not, I'm still not fucking editing this thing. And then I started editing it. And, uh, then I <laughs> probably burnt out two or three times and needed like weeks off or like other projects would pop up. And it was like, yo, if you want to keep the lights on, you got to go take this gig and then you got to edit that gig. And then, um, then I get back to, back to the movie and, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, it probably took like six to eight months full time of editing it yeah. spread out over the course of two years. And like I said, I finished it last year. So it was really only like a year and a half. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel, uh, I wish we could have gotten it done more, uh, more efficiently, but you know, it is what it is. And, um, it's, it's, it's evergreen too, you know, like I think it was a, a lot of worry at the, in the beginning about like, yo, is this going to even make sense if it doesn't come out in 2014? It's fucking crazy that it was shot in 2014. Um, yeah. And it still does, thankfully. I mean, thankfully, you guys are uh, dragging your heels on everything else you're doing. So I was able to catch <laughs> up real quick. <laughs> yep, yep. You didn't miss the train by any means. Well, and I think also when when it comes out, like people are going to see it and, and realize it's of that quality and it's not like a news clip. It's not a news piece. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not going to matter once they see it, you know, if they were waiting for it for a long time. Because I, I don't think anyone's going to be let down, man. Like... Um, you nailed it and I'm eternally grateful for all the work you did and making something so sweet and such of good quality um, that I think also is like um, you know a little bit a little bit ballsy as far as like putting it out about yourself when it's not designed to make us look cool or add to our our brand you know like it's uh it's designed to tell the real story, you know what I mean? And, um, I think it does that with, with a lot of failings and, and flaws on our part. Um, but in a way that's the, the best part about it is that it, you know, brings you closer to, to the band, um, as we really are. And, you know, in our music and in our writing, we, we strive for like as much authenticity as possible anyways. So I think this ends up in a weird way being in line with with what the band is about, and um, e- even if it's you know not um, creating mystique, you know it's the opposite of that. It's like unveiling any mystique that the band might have had, you know. Um, but that's a, a a different way of uh, connecting with people, you know. And I think it's going to be for the best for for. Um, the people that are interested in the music and in, interested in the content of the songs specifically because there's a lot of explanation and there's like a, some really explicit looks at the origins of the early music. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, just really happy with what it is. Thanks, man. Yeah, I can remember some some at some point in the rough cut stage sending you a cut and just being like, dude, like, this movie's not a good time, you know? Like... <laughs> How do you feel about that? And I remember you just being like, without missing a beat, you were just like, yo, this movie is so misery signals. Like, this is just like on brand. It's perfect. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, fuck, that's fucking great. I mean, like, I don't know. I think a lot of bands, this could, you could make a movie like this and just be like, I don't know if we should put this out. It's just, you know, <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, it's ugly. A lot of it's ugly and a lot of it's real sad. And, uh, but I mean, you know, 
yeah, you guys are always down. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some authenticity in there. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it reads the way it reads. Me too. <clears throat> but yeah, man, cool. Cool, right, man. Cool. We just did an we hour. We covered it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll probably have to do a part two with B-Best, but uh, hey, thanks for listening. If you check this out, um, appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for watching. Thanks for checking out the movie. No doubt. Peace. <laughs> Later. <laughs>